Well, I don't, one, it's my first time doing an Instagram live, uh, like with another person. Um, and to be having you on here is pretty fantastic. I mean, you've, you've occurred to me a bit like a, a big sister, I think over the past like year and a half or so. Um, so this is going to be a recording that is going to be a podcast for those listening. Um, this is Abby, <laughs> or it's me, Abby, or I, I still search you as not, not Kristen Bell. Um, <laughs> like I was, I was going to look for one of your TikToks the other day and I still search that. Um, but I think I originally found you back last, like probably, probably a little over a year ago. Um, I don't remember what the first video was, but, um, I remember being really inspired by like what what light you were trying to shed on like conversations that are and are not happening um and like holding holding to a higher standard men and like what we're capable of and i i, I just have a lot of good things to say but um you know tiktok's tiktok is definitely where where i feel like, like i grew up down. as a dad go go <laughs> Indy, go lay down oh it's fine Aaron. <laughs> my uh my parents are working on putting down everly right now i'm hoping that cries don't start coming through the floor in the near future um so uh i wanted this to be a little bit of an interview a little bit of like conversation because i've never actually talked to you um like personally before um so i'll i'll start of kick this off with my first question which was um like what got you starting what like what started Gosh. you making these you videos know, like what was it's the funny like i i think back to like my evolution of like your influencer like taking pictures like my outfits and like ugh, i hated it i hated every fucking moment of it um i was like i don't like this but like i i didn't i didn't find my footing and then um one of my friends actually was like i started talking a little bit more about like marriage um, and there was always a lot of interest, like when I would talk about how my husband and I kind of divide up tasks in our house and everybody was like, what? And my friend texted me and she was like, you really need to like, you need to dig into that. And I was like, okay. And I started just really kind of focusing on it. And then one day I was actually like talking to my therapist and I think actually like I don't want to say like complain, probably complaining that I felt like I was overwhelmed. And, you know, Mike has always been a fantastic, like fairly equal partner, but naturally there are, there were times where I just felt like I was taking on more and I was complaining to my therapist about it. And she was like, have you read the book fair play? And I was like, no, and she was like, I highly recommend it. She was like, you should, and I read it and I was like, oh my God, like this was, it just felt like there was something finally like tangible that people could actually take and implement, you know, into their own, into their own marriages. That was like, it was real. It wasn't like somebody's just giving you advice. It was like, here's this deck of cards. Like, here's this book with instructions of like, here's how you can make it equal. And I was like, oh my God. So I just started like talking more about that because I was like, this is kind of what we already do, except without that foundational and like without the cards. Um, but the book itself was just, I think, really enlightening. And um, I know you've read it and you're a big fan too. So that's when I was like, okay, this is really kind of where I want to focus. And I just started putting more time and effort into that with the help of, you know, the book. And I'm not, um, I'm not a certified facilitator. 
Um, I would like to be one day eventually, um, but right now I will just sing that book's praises to anybody that will listen. <laughs> well, I'm sure they can get you in on the next cohort. I'll, I'll email the right person and CC you. Uh, I know that myself and someone else, they, they like oh. uh, paid for it for us. I think because we talk so highly of it, um, I think Domestic Blisters, Laura Danger, um, there's one or two other influencers in there, but of the hundred, oh, nice. I think there's only like five of us that are like, that have a significant I following on there. Um, or I'm sure that can happen very soon. Um, and, you know, I, one of the things that I think what, all the time I go over to your page and I think like, oh, I should just, one of my, my content creation strategies is literally look to see what Laura's doing, look to see what Abby's doing. Is it duettable? Is it like, can I have some commentary on this? Um, and I mean, <laughs> I'm, you get a lot of love for those Margot and, and Todd. First off, like, is there like a reasoning behind the name or like where? I, I need to know like, um, where the inception of these roleplay came from. Uh, Margot and Todd are the uppity, snooty neighbors. Um, and I just like, I've wanted all that movie since I was a kid. But one day I was just like, I, I just happened to be like, like filming. And it was maybe a little bit around Christmas time, but but not really. And I just started like referring to them as Todd and Margot. And I was like, okay, this is this is who we are now. <laughs> we are Todd and Margot. <laughs> and everybody, I get it all the time, was like, Am I the only one that caught the the Christmas vacation references? And I'm like, No, it's it's intentional. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually watched those you, movies, but now, you now see them, like, I if you just Google them, so Todd and Margo, the, like Christmas Vacation, and you see them, like you'll just you'll understand. You'll just understand. <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I think what's powerful is that a lot of those conversations are probably happening behind closed doors, or we're seeing moms complain about them happening. Um, and it's like you can see so many levels of like unhealthy that unfold throughout the conversation like that recent one where hey you know she she lost all that weight and um and she looks great yeah like that was a huge did a huge number on her body hey would, would you be interested in that and like the way that that margo unpacks the, the like the low level shade to identifying the high level shade within it um is really well done i there's so many times I wish I could like do, do like a voiceover or like just insert myself into Todd's <laughs> spot and change the narrative, but then the conversation wouldn't make any sense anymore. But yeah, the other thing that I love about those, which I've found, so honestly, I've tried to, I've had moments of like almost trying to replicate what you do. And I, I either don't have the patience for it or I don't have the talent for it. Uh, but how do you literally, so one of the things about this this podcast and these live streams I want to do is include more um, content creation talk within it because I, I personally love talking about fair play, but I also, it's like my, I just love making videos. I've been doing it for like nine years now, I think. Um, how do you go about making those videos? Because I noticed you can see both your hands. So it's probably on a tripod. What I'm wondering is do you script it out 
do you shoot the whole Margot part and then shoot the whole Todd part? Um, I do you have do, two phones? Um, like, how do you go about the editing process? I have two phones. Um, but honestly, um, I use TikTok. Like, I shoot and edit in TikTok. Um, I just find it to be really easy. I've been doing it that way, like shooting and editing in TikTok for so long now, like it just, it feels comfortable. So, um, I used to actually like shoot Margo's part and then flip, do Todd's part. And I was like, God, this is really like, this is too much. So I would just, um, and honestly, I don't really, I don't write out the scripts. A lot of times I end up just like, I get the topic of conversation and then I go through it a couple times in my head of like playing both parts and what thinking of, you know, unfortunately, like the, the comments that I get from men a lot of times in my comment section, or if it's based on like a user submitted story, kind of referring back to like what that was and then elaborating a little bit more. Um, but then I just kind of go, I just have this conversation in my head and in my mind. And sometimes I don't even like have it down pat. Sometimes I'm just like, I'll spit out what Margo says and then I'll be like, okay. And I'll turn it around and I'll be like, okay, here's what Todd would say. But um, actually what I've started doing when I film, we'll start with Margo and I'll say Margo's part. Um, and then I'll just go ahead like in the same, like it's not massive dress change or anything, but like in the same clothes, I'll just go ahead and say what Todd says. And then in that snippet, when I'm done, like with their full conversation, I'll just go back in and re-record all the parts where Todd is supposed to come in and talk and flip it, put Todd's hat on and say whatever Todd says. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I've been trying to figure out like a workflow that doesn't yeah. require it, an insane usually, amount of editing, I mean, so it's interesting I've, to hear the way you went about it. Sometimes it's harder, like some, like I have, I haven't made one in a while because I just feel like I am, I am in such a, like a creative block and lull. Um, but I, and it, it just feels like a lot more work than if I can just pop on my camera and just start talking about a topic. Um, I love like getting into, you know, Todd and, Todd and Margo and, and the, the toxicity that, I mean, honestly, like I love Margo. But she's not, she's not, she's not perfect. Like she's grown shit too. And, and she doesn't always do the best job of communicating. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's learnings from both of them. If, if you were to, if, if Margot were to come to you as a friend and be like, Hey, like I actually have footage of this conversation I had the other day with my husband, like, where am I going wrong? Like, where did I fuck this up? Cause he, he walks away every time that we get down to like the, the issue. Cause he's like, I can't talk to you when you're like this. Like uh, what advice would you give Mark? Um... <laughs> <laughs> we can do Todd yeah, next, but that, 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 that might turn into a, just a, say, a rant that um, might not ever end. It's, it's hard. I would, my first thing would be like, if you want to have a real conversation and you need somebody's full attention, before you just go into it, like one thing about it, like if something is bothering you, like in that moment, take it and then either like, I don't want to sound petty, but like write it down and sit with it. And then think about like what the root issue is that you have with it. Cause I have to do this with myself sometimes. Like I'm get really emotional in the moment and I'm like, I don't want to like come unhinged right now. I really want to see like what it is that actually like made me upset. So I like to take 
like kind of think about it. But then like if I'm when I'm ready to talk about it and I really want to have like a serious conversation, I want to check in first. Like, hey, I have this I want to talk to you about. Like, are you in a good headspace um, right now to have this type of conversation? Um, and kind of get that gut check and see because sometimes sometimes they're not. Like my husband works an incredibly mentally demanding job and I I'm cognizant of that. So I'm like, hey, when we're talking about something like is today a day and he's be like, no, I literally I don't have it in me today. And I'll be like, okay, cool. But if it's not within like the next like three days, there's a problem and we're just trying to, you know, um get past it or like forget about it. So I would say like ask first, like you want to have a serious conversation, ask first when a good time is, if they're in the right headspace. Um and then Try to take your emotions out of it as much as you can. Um, don't be passive aggressive. Margot really enjoys passive aggressiveness <laughs> um, instead of just kind of getting right to the point um, and, and not letting her emotions get the best of her. But um, it's hard. And, and when you're constantly getting stonewalled, there's not, there's not a lot you can do about that, unfortunately. Mm. It's interesting because a lot of times I'll watch those and I'll listen for where my, um, where almost like my internal reactions show up where it's moments like where I almost might feel like he's in the right or something. Um, and I'm just like listening for it to see like where my, where my like stomach drops or where like something weird happens. Um, and thankfully through watching enough of them that they don't like, I think I've gotten rid of a lot of the internal misogyny that I think probably still resides in my brain. Um, but I, I think that you're probably spot on in that she seems like in the moment she wants to get it all off her chest and it's, it's hard to start the conversation when you're in that moment. What is, if, so if you were coaching her like, Hey, I want to have this conversation with you. Like, literally, what does that sound like with Todd? Like, when she's calmed down, it's like, for example, the one where she comes back from brunch and he's calling her out on mimosas and um, baby's diaper hasn't been changed, kids haven't been fed lunch. How would you recommend that she go about that situation um, if the same uh, exact thing were to sleep. happen? Like, like, how does she change that her situation. language? just go. <laughs> There's nothing left here. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think, it, I think it's just, you have to, you, sometimes you just have to, you have to step away for a minute. Um, like what's well, okay to be mad. It's okay to be pissed. It's like, I tell my kids, like, it's okay to be upset. It's not okay to, you know, do X, Y, Z. Like we have to, we have to, you know, contain those emotions and feelings and, and ex display them correctly. Um, you know, in a safe way. Uh, so I think just, I mean, in that moment, you're, you're just fuming and you can't, you, it's like, it's not logical at that point. And you can't be logical when your brain is like inundated with anger. So no good is going to come from it in that moment. Um, as, as much as it feels like it's going to be really good to lash out, you're going to get like an immediate instant gratification of that, but nothing actually productive is going to come from it. So like take a step back like whether that's you know Todd needs to leave for a little bit um and you can kind of like get your bearings together um but either way take take some time for yourself 
Um, and, uh, and then try to come back again and have that and have that conversation and like, bring your, like, bring your points. Like, it's okay to come like ready to have a conversation and like ready to say like, you know, this is how I feel. Like, this is how it made me feel. This is how it upset me. This is, you know, the issue that I took with it. Um, there's nothing wrong with like being prepared and ready to have a conversation. And I think that helps kind of keep your emotions in check too, and be able to actually have more of a productive conversation. Yeah, like the, the, the brunch one, I'm imagining if she said, okay, you know what? Why don't you go get diapers? I'll feed them lunch. Can we talk? Like, I'm really upset right now. It's probably not, uh, I'm not going to lay into you because I think you can see them upset. Please go manage that and maybe we can have a conversation later and try to like hold, hold on to those, those heavy feelings. Because um, I, I, I know that I've done that recently is I was actually being kind of a bully and I didn't realize it until she called me out on it after her parents had left. And um, I was like, I would love to apologize right now to you logically, but emotionally, like my ego is not going to let me. Can I like go do something in the, in the other room for like five minutes? I yeah. think I can come down and like let my ego go. And it worked. Like I asked her permission to go clean up the kitchen while she, I was really proud of her. Like she was upset but like didn't do her typical thing of like turning the TV on and like almost pretending to forget about it. Uh, we had a super productive conversation, like identifying like previous like traumas that had occurred that um, she felt like all of a sudden she was in the middle of when she had been like bullied, like more, more maliciously. So, um, so yeah, I th think the other thing that almost troubles me about those videos sometimes is when I hear Margo, I think that, I, I dive straight into that she's just completely right in that moment. And I, I know that the challenge in being like a male creator that talks a lot about like to empower women and to like hold men to higher standards is I'm making a lot of these women feel heard and feel right. But at the same time, there's not a whole lot of coaching or growth that necessarily happens out of that. They can feel empowered, but sometimes they end up on like a high horse and I'm, I'm afraid that I'm setting them up to be ineffective. Now they're empowered about like, yeah, I can actually expect more out of you. And so that's, that's one thing that I've been trying to work on. I, I don't know if there's a good way to say this, but like trying to call out or like hold women a little bit more accountable to um, starting a conversation in an effective way. Um, because, no, yeah, I, I think on that, like, I feel like a lot of times everybody, everybody is so quick to be like, well, you're just not communicating effectively or like, well, maybe you just need to communicate better or, or you have like un, unexpressed expectations or, you know, everybody wants to like put everything at the fault of like lack of communication or miscommunication. And I, I, I was talking to, um, I don't know if you follow her, um, Claire Bell, she does the like reverse um, racial progression videos. Um, it's, it's, please check her. I think it's C-L-A-R-E. Claire Bell, C-L-A-I-R-E. On TikTok and Instagram, but she is, 
we talk a lot about how like women are constantly um you know it's always on the woman like you didn't communicate this right like you didn't you didn't clearly set your expectations like verbally or and it always comes back to this like women having to be the like the one anticipating everybody else's needs and making you know clearly cut for everybody um Mm. and that's that's a lot like well that's a lot to put on somebody and i'm not saying that women are master communicators in all regards because we're not nobody is um but i do think a lot of times there's like this this expectation that when the women come with something wrong because i feel like that's usually what happens like hey you did this to upset me and maybe it's because we just are more comfortable expressing our emotions and our feelings and saying those types of things but then it's always like well you didn't say this to me well you didn't do this well you didn't tell me this so how am i supposed to know and I think we start to feel that way because we're always the ones anticipating things. And so we're like, well, why aren't you anticipating things in the same way that I'm supposed to? Um, but I think, I think a, a, a look at everybody's communication um, is, is really important. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, like even, in my, like even in my own marriage, like I'm not, I'll be the first to say, I'm not a fantastic communicator. I work every, <laughs> day to be better um and it's just not it's just not something that i've ever been great at and at least i know that but um like i said it takes me like i need to and sometimes that i'm like stewing on it and i'm like i'm not stewing on it i'm like trying to process and get to like what it is like topically this is what you said that hurt me but like underneath that there's something else there that like I want to get to the root of so that I can actually tell you like it wasn't just what you said but it was like something else that's underlying to really get to the root of the issue so it's a struggle <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah because I, I feel like I'm trying to be more of that because I, I know I'm stewing when I'm more mad than I was five minutes before so like when I'm yeah. upset and then I'm more upset five minutes later, I know I'm headed in the wrong direction. Um, that's a really great point is like looking for within yourself, like what is it that made me upset about that? What childhood moment is that bring me back to what, um, you know, previous bad situation am I being put back in that I don't even recognize that I'm inside of in that moment. So props to you for, for that self-awareness. I, it's hard to, I don't know how to train people to do that. I just know how to talk about it myself and like self-reflect. And I, I hope people are able to hear the way that I'm thinking and like debriefing a situation and able to take more of that from themselves. Like I was, <laughs> my friend Frank the other day, he was saying to me, yeah, man, like you just, you don't like about others what you don't like in yourself. And I need that reminder so often. I love that it's like the most distinct quote for what upsets me about other people that are probably really similar to me. Um, I I need that like poster on my wall, probably. Um, So you've done a really great job making these pretty short form videos for a long time now, probably anywhere from seven seconds to three minutes what is one of the hardest things to articulate and to like share as a message that like is really constraining to have that short period oh, of time to, to say? Um, 
and I, I can I can rephrase that maybe easier to answer. What's the message that you constantly want to share with your audience that um, is just really hard to do in short? I think, form? I think probably. I think because there's so much to unpack with it, but just that just because your phone works doesn't mean you get to come home and not be an active participant. There's there's just so much underlying um, like misogyny and like patriarchy that goes into that. And it's because it's not just like, that's not just where it stops. That's not like the buck stops here kind of thing. Like there's so much more with like explaining why and why it's okay. Because there's, it's like, a, like there's so many layers to it. It's like one, your job is working too. Like if you're a stay at home mom, like you work, that is a job. Like if you have to pay somebody, if you have to pay somebody, if you weren't there, that's a job. And so many like stay at home moms in particular, like it's so many jobs. Um, like I, I think it's the reason I, I didn't want to be a single. It's too hard. It's so hard. And, uh, but like that's, and I, I think that that's so um, unseen and un, like unsupported by a lot of people because they just have such this internal misogynistic way of viewing like child care and view raising children and being like the domestic engineer of a home that a lot of people can't like they can't even get over that like to understand um they, it's just been like ingrained in them that like men go to work men make the money women literally do everything else everything else in regards to the home everything else in regards to the kids um and i have a really hard time like articulating that in a really like succinct way um in like a three minute span <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten better as like I've had the same did a message. Pretty good like, job right years. there, I must say. I get every time, but sometimes like my own emotions and my own passion is yeah. like I could just go on a like like a thirty minute like <laughs> tangent about it. What's one of the biggest like internal like misogynistic beliefs you've had to like overcome, like? to get to where you are today? Like that maybe like was your, your glass ceiling? Um, or just any recent one. It doesn't have to be the biggest one. Like, like I know I'll, I'll can go, kind of go first. I know one of the hard ones from Fair Play, um, the, one of the toxic time messages is talking about how like an hour in the boardroom is worth an hour and sit holding it in the doctor's appointment. Um, and I think I'm still really, especially now that I'm in sales, I wasn't teaching before, which made less sense, but now I'm in an industry that like has more dollars attached to the hours. It, it's really hard to put that concept down often. Um, is that like time spent making money is equal to time spent doing anything around the house and it's, it's really hard to put that concept down and I have to like talk I have to like say okay Zach come on now like 
remember, like I, I have to talk myself out of it a lot of times. Um, and it's a consistent battle that keeps creeping up and I don't see it until I say something dumb or I act in a dumb way. Would, like I have to yeah. catch myself. Yes. Now they, like, now they say it away. like, is there something like, more I, like I, that I don't for you? I talk a whole lot about like my husband's job, um, but he, he deals with a lot more like mental and emotional um, stress. And I have just, I just always have this thing that like his job is harder than mine. His job is more important than mine. He does more. Um, it's more mentally and emotionally draining. So I always like, Oh, well, I should, you know, he works harder than me. I should just do this. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> I have to stop. I have to stop thinking that way. Like sometimes like I need extra help and sometimes he needs extra help. Like I, I struggle like more so like with my own mental health and like I, last week I had a like I, yeah I had a fucking breakdown and I I came in and I was like sobbing and I was like I can't take the kids to school this morning well I can't do it um and he was like okay okay and because I, I was like no I've got I've got to get the, get it together I'd be like get it together Mike's got to go to work. He's got, he's got to do like, you've got to, you've got to get together and you've got to take the kids to school. And I was like, I literally can't do this. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to bear that by myself just because I feel like in my own mind, I still can't break that barrier of like, we both work. Like, like we both raise our children. Like we both do hard things in like different regards to like our home and our family and for each other. But I think that's probably, and it will continue to be like this active thing that I, I have to keep track of and like actively make sure that I'm working to get past it. Um, he works um, in can, special Can you say what student. he does? Uh, is it like, like SVU, like <laughs> law and order? I, I get that now. Or, I, you know, it's funny. I realized that through so many of the videos that I've watched, I actually, I wasn't sure if you were a stay-at-home mom or if or a domestic engineer or if you did work. Um, but that's interesting actually hearing that because I think you do a really good job having your messaging be to anybody in those where, where sometimes I know sometimes a video that I make is going to be it's gonna hit home mm -hmm. for a stay-at-home mom, but not so much for mom that that works outside of the home. I tried to word that yeah. in such a way that acknowledges that work is also being done in the yeah. home. Um, no, I do work. I work yeah, all the time. Um, I am like the one that I would say typically, not all the time, but like when the kids are off school or when the kids are sick, like it falls on it falls more on me. Um, unless I have like meetings or like in-person things that I simply can't move. But um, I do, there's just a lot of, I think, stay-at-home moms that don't um, and the understanding, because they're usually the ones that are like, that are having the hardest problem getting their partner to see like the work that like they do is important and is important as theirs just because they bring home a paycheck um, doesn't make what they do at home any less important. 
Um, but it's all like it, it, it's grounds. It's for stay. It's for working moms too, because even working moms are still coming home and doing like an extra, like twenty plus hours of work. So, and it's not like this competition of like who has it harder, stay at home moms or working moms. It's like women in general, moms in general, are carrying majority of the domestic labor, and that's the problem. Like that's what we need to solve. Doesn't matter if you stay home. Doesn't matter if you work. Like they both have their nuances, and and you know and different areas where they're harder than the other. Um, but at the end of the day, the issue is that we're still doing doing more than our counterparts. Yeah, yeah I, I, as much as I've, I've heard people in the DMs talk about like fair play demonizing men, it's really not, it's, it, it just was a really clear and unsettlingly obvious call out that looking at stats and research that like we're we're not carrying the load that we need to be for us to have an equitable society that was i think some of those i don't even remember what the stats were i think one of the ones i don't remember the number what that it was but it was something around after kids entered the picture um i think moms are doing 90 two and a half hours more like labor per week around that and dads are only doing like 45 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, and that's just unsettling. And I wish, I wish I, I don't know how to make videos a little bit better to have dads lean in and listen. I, I think just by sharing my experience that that's the best I can do. Um, but I wish I could find a way to share things like that without pushing men away from engaging in that conversation and them not feeling like they're being called out in such a way that it just scares their ego away versus being like oh do i do that hmm i can yeah. probably improve that let me let me engage in this conversation have you found an effective no, way to like better um, engage in these conversations have, like, honestly and i think it's like in every regard like you can't change somebody who doesn't want to change themselves um, you can't like help somebody who doesn't see that they're doing anything wrong um and that's the that's that's a, like every every once in a blue moon i'll get a guy uh, who will dm me and be like your videos have really helped me um i really appreciate them like can i ask you some questions and i'm like yeah like for sure is like please do um and it's yeah. just i haven't and i've seen like uh, other male creators like that i'm with them all of that you know do similarly whether they're like um men's coaches or just more i think feminine or liberal or you know being able to talk more about that thing they still get the same kind of heat as as like a woman does when i'm talking about um, so i don't I God, I wish I, I wish I had like a secret sauce um, to to tell you, but I I haven't I haven't cracked that code yet, so I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Speaking of uh, like the things that you've made a difference for, Mela. So I remember I forget what video it was that I discovered <laughs> that you were like significantly shorter than I imagined you were, but. I remember, I think it was probably last yes. summer, you had a handful of videos talking about like, don't approach me when I'm with my kids. Like, 
don't do that. And I've had like an insanely heightened awareness of like my surroundings since watching those. Um, I feel like I, I try to, to share positivity in the world and like compliment people, but I've been like probably thinking about 10 times more about any single comment that I have for a woman nearby um, that I, I probably think about 10 times more now that yeah. you've taught me self-awareness around that. Um, what, what was the story? Yeah, was, didn't you say like a homeless like, person um, came up to you while you're like was, pumping gas or something? It was like the same week. And like usually I, I, well, I'm like, I'm 4'11", like on a good day. Like on a good day, I'm 4'11". So, um, and I was at, at uh, the first time I was coming out of Walmart, like by myself. Um, and I didn't see this guy. He like came out from behind a car, um, and was like really close to me very quickly and was, he's a big dude for me. Like most people are larger than me, but he was a big guy. Um, and he was like, do you have any, like, do you have any change or do you have any money? And he wasn't, I'm not, he wasn't aggressive. It's just in that moment, like everything is really quick and it was scary. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. All I have is a card. Like I don't carry cash anymore. Um, and I think he asked me another question and I don't remember what my response was, but like he, there wasn't an issue. Like he walked away. It's just, it's a jarring moment. But like, like a couple days later, I was at like a gas station nearby Walmart and it could have been the same guy or it was a guy who looked just like him and was the same build. But like I got out of my car and I was pumping gas and I left my door open. So there's like a really small space of like where I am pumping my, my gas and like to turn. And this guy is almost like cornering me in asking for, I think it was money again or something. And I was like, Jesus, I was like, no, sorry. I was like, I don't have any money. I was like, if you have like a Venmo, I was like, I can Venmo you. But in that moment, I'm like, I'm not usually one to like, I think that I would be in like a fight mode, but I actually go like directly to like flight or fawn. And I just, and I freeze and I'm like, you know, but like when you're enclosing me in that, that's fucking terrifying. Like, I think that's terrifying for anybody, but for one, I think for women, one, because we men just assume that they're going to overpower us, but also this guy was going to overpower me. Like if something were to have gone wrong, um, I just, it, it, yeah. Especially with them with my kids like thankfully both times my kids were not with me like I was alone but like there have been times where somebody has approached with my kids and those are the moments probably where I am more likely like I've noticed myself be more likely to be like feral um but also like that just like I was sitting alone at the bar and he like Yeah, and he like that was the one I'm thinking of too. Like, I remember that story too. Fucking shit. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know what to do in this moment. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I got, I got, I got shit that too. Like, what are you doing at a bar by yourself? Like, who spends their birthday alone? Like, why aren't you with your children? Like, oh, you sat at the bar. Like, you, you were asking for. Or you weren't just you were there cheating on your husband. And I'm like, my husband sent me here. Like, I I can't go out to eat by myself. I have to sit at a table, even though the tables weren't open, but I'm not allowed to sit at the bar. I'm not allowed to look a certain way. It was just, ugh. yeah, that was an ordeal. 
I think I learned a lot from listening to a lot of those like comment responses that you had from that video. Um, I, because I had never considered, I, I don't think before that, that video and that situation that you had shared, I never considered that one of the fears that a lot of women have is that if, um, so I'll, I'll say in college, like I was, I was very promiscuous. Like I, I was talking to a lot of girls and I, I think I did a good job not being like forceful, um, but I was persistent, uh, not forceful, not aggressive, but persistent for sure. Um, and I think I never considered that a fear was going to be that if, if a no comes towards a man that they need to consider their safety in, in that no. And that was, that like kind of blew my mind, but like, it like opened up a new universe of me understanding like what women have to go through. And I wish more men could appreciate, um, like how so many men have created that reality and how we really need to learn how to manage our egos better that we can take a no. Um, I don't know what it was that I learned at a younger age, but I, I know that I've, I think through college, I learned how to gracefully take a no and just like understand that like if i if i want to be intimate with someone tight it, it's going to be a numbers game i'm going to have to talk to a lot of girls and there's going to be a lot of no's i remember one one night i went out with my friends and said <laughs> i'm gonna at, i'm gonna get at least 19 no's tonight just to dance i think i think i achieved that um and it's probably why i'm in sales now but um i, I think really if we can teach guys to learn how to be with a no. Um, and my wife is recently, she took um, this course of Desire on Fire, a pleasure mastery course. And one of the, the leaders in there, Amy, um, I was on her podcast a little over a year ago. And one of the huge things they talk about is teaching your partner to be able to share their like intimate desires and be able to be like, almost like a cheerleader and like a yes for them, but a no for you. And I don't know how to teach people that without them taking that course, but like, I wish I could teach so many more women how to do that and men how to receive that. Because I, I think there are so many moments where like, one thing I've been talking about a lot more recently, which I feel pretty uncomfortable about, but I think is really healthy for to exist out in the world is talking about, um, a lot of men feel like they have, have intimate needs. I'm still not, I think the jury's still out whether they're needs or not, but um, being able to share those with Alyssa and have me fulfill on them without her necessarily needing to have participation in it. So almost like, like being able to sell pleasure next to her and experience yeah. like an intimate experience with her without her having to do anything. And that was like, I remember when I first asked for that, terrified. I was like, this is weird. Like, what is she gonna think of me? This is like six years into our marriage. Like, like I wish more couples, more men could appreciate that this could be like a, a very useful conversation and like realize that a lot of their needs yeah. can be met intimately yeah. without physically. I, I got um, like, um... I mean, there's things yeah. that like, any thoughts on that? Cause that's me. Like I'm, 
I'm not, this is my lack of communication, like my terrible communicating is that like, I don't communicate those things either. And like, there's things that like, I haven't, like we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary in June. Like, and I just now said like, hey, this is something I like. like and I'm like, oh, you know, that was so much easier than what I, than what I like had in my mind. Um, and, and I think having those like expectation talks, um, you know, like I've talked about it before, but like, um, I'm gonna tell you like, I feel like my phone's gonna freeze in a second. Cause I have this like, this like one hour, like live on my, on my Instagram. So it's gonna, and it's gonna be like ignored. So I'll try and un, like undo it. But um, one of the things that I did, like my therapist was like, you need to talk to your husband about his expectations for sex. Like how often, like, because I have previous trauma from a past relationship that caused a lot of problems for me and was still causing problems for me until like a year ago. She need to have this conversation so that you can have like clarity and you can both be on the same page. And I was like, this is really uncomfortable for me. Like, you know, what if he says something that I don't feel like is possible for me? Um, but like when we finally had this conversation, I was like, I need to know like what your expectations are. And he was like, I don't have any. He was like, oh, there's no, there's no number of times I feel like we need to be sexually intimate. There's no, he's like, I don't have anything. He's like, I, I don't want to, I would push you. I wouldn't want to make you feel bad. Um, I, you know, he's like, I, I just don't have expectations. He's like, it happens, it happens, you know, if it doesn't, it that was such like a weight off of me, um, to not have to like keep track, like mentally of like, okay, like when was the last time that we were intimate or like, you know, it, ha it hasn't been too long, like between like just the, like the cycle of being a woman and then like the cycle of my mental health and like literally life. There's so many things that like, you know, ebbs and flows and there's people that are like, oh, we just schedule it. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't know. We, we've been trying that out a little bit and it's it's been working better than we thought, but there's like a, an, an adjustment to it. We don't schedule it necessarily. Is we schedule into like things that aren't physical and if they turn physical we let that happen like you have bath time and like the end goal is not so, like is not sexual yeah. intimacy it's connection it's emotional connection uh, if it leads to that great but that's not like there's no pressure there um and typically that is what it leads to because you're you're naked together like in a setting and like but you're talking emotionally and you're just <laughs> reconnecting and tends to like if people would just understand like the emotional connection first like leads into that it will it will happen um the world would be a better place <laughs> it really would yeah i think i i think it took me a long time to discover this is that that what when i typically want to be physically intimate is mm -hmm. really i want to be emotionally intimate i just didn't know there was a difference. I think when I discovered there was a difference, we ended up being way more physical because I recognized how much more I just wanted the emotional and didn't know it. Um, and I was reaching out and we were, we were having more like intimate cuddly experiences um, that were, that were un unfolding into that.
Um, I wanted no. to ask you, so let's see, we got we have about 10 minutes left. Do you have a hard stop in 10 minutes? Um, coming from like a content creation perspective, I'm really curious. I mean, you've, you've done what many people aspire to do, which is have significant audience, very engaged. Um, I don't think a lot of people appreciate the challenges that come along with that and the required like consistency. Like I feel like on my end, I've turned it into a little bit of a science. Um, like I have an accountability group that I work with uh, that I've been doing the past like six or eight months where we post in a group chat like when we've completed our videos for the day and we commit to like a, a certain frequency and we wow. actually pay money to the group if we don't hit the number we'd promised. Um, I'm curious what what kind of structure have you created to have the frequency that you do or have you literally is it literally so naturally off the cuff that there's no scheduling there's no planning um like I'm, I'm curious what your so what your for me process like, like i don't have a process um it's weird like i so like i own my own social media management and consulting business so i do that for clients so i work on deadlines i work on content creation like timelines every day of my life like for my clients and so when i actually started doing like influencing or whatever. Um, it was because it was like my own creative outlet where like I get to say what goes, I get to have control um, after not having any like essentially working with clients. I'm kind of at, you know, um, at their home. But um, so I don't like I and I go through I go through times where I can't like I just I can't do it. Um, last week felt like that, like with or maybe it was two weeks ago. I don't know. But between like my own mental health problems, like the school shootings, just the fucking world in general. I was like, I can't, I can't be on this app. Like I, I, I can't do anything. I felt like paralyzed. So I don't like, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have anything. Um, I try to do at least like two videos a day, but even then I'm like, if I, if I can't do that, I can't do that. Like, I don't know, shit happens, life happens. Sometimes I just, I can't think of anything that I feel like is important enough to say. And I don't ever want to post for the sake of posting because I know that that's shit. Um, I know that that doesn't work. It's not good for me. It's not good for like the outcome of it. Um, but I, I like, I would say like the main things that I do is like, I try not to worry too much about the performance of my content. Um, I like, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, anytime I do a Todd and Margot skit, it will do great. I know that. Like, I, that is my, that's the bread and butter. Like, that's the one that I know. Like, if there's anything that I know is going to do well, it's that type of content. Um, everything else, I still feel like I'm, like, throwing spaghetti at a wall, seeing what sticks. I feel like the algorithm changes so often yeah. on me. Um, it's hard. Like, right when I think I've got a process, I'm like, well, there it goes. <laughs> I don't know again. <laughs> So I don't, I, yeah, if I do it, I do it. Yep. If I don't, you know, I don't. And I've got to give myself that much grace. Yeah, I feel like TikTok, I, I, you know, for a long time, I think I was, I had a really big growth period. I went from zero or maybe like 20 followers when I was a teacher, 
for like three years. And then over eight months, I really took it seriously, a video every work day. And then I think I made it to like 2000. And then in September, the second month of having our daughter, um, you know, I was talking a lot about that and then went to 50,000 <laughs> and then another 30,000 the next couple months and then stagnant literally to one, 100 follower difference. Oh. I think I was at 82.3, made it to 82.4 over nine months. And then I started again, taking it seriously. I was doing three a day and then two a day and then one a day of like something a little more focused. And then I was able to get mm -hmm. to like yeah. 82 to 160 in like a month. So I feel like I have these like super viral spurts where everything's working. And now I'm back to, I think it's been a month that I haven't moved a hundred followers on TikTok. And then Instagram was like really nice to me and like, Hey, we just noticed that you exist. Okay. Let's help you out. Yeah. So, and then I, I think I went from so last year, this time my Instagram got fished. And so I was starting at zero. And then in, then when I had like that really viral video about like the really simple mental load one, um, I reposted that and started, and then they were talking more about TikTok being banned. So I started doing the same video on Instagram, um, TikTok, and YouTube shorts. And then I went from 900 to Dang. just over 100,000 in I hate three, four months. Sorry, Sorry Instagram. I'm like, I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think I hated it for a long time because I felt so, so literally, I didn't believe there was any organic growth left in it. Um, and then I had this experience in the past couple months and I'm, I'm not a hater anymore. And I'm just annoyed at TikTok for being inconsistent with like, like I would think now that I'm at 160-ish that I should not have any no. videos under yeah, 1,000 no, views like and that's not reality. I have 527,000 and I've got a video sitting at like, 400 views so what do you do i will say that like i noticed that like if i can post like my goal is to post like one pod video like once a month because that will carry me like that like the video i made about like the mimosas and brunch i think that was like what like a month ago it is still still going and i'm still like getting followers from that so i'm like okay i just know that like because when I have one go viral, the rest will follow. It will just like whatever I create after that and the most recent ones surrounding that will continue to get traction. So I just have to like, I have to just get myself to make, <laughs> to make those videos once a month. Once a month. Now I know you described the process of it. How long does it take you from conception to like publish button? Probably a couple days. Do one of those. Maybe two days for sure. Like I usually get like the idea. I'm like, okay, I have to kind of work through the conversations in my head and then like find a day to actually like shoot it. Once I actually can sit down and shoot and edit it, it maybe takes me like an hour total. Um, so not that long. It's more so just like fine tuning, like their conversation points and making sure I'm like getting something in that like specifically that I really want to say because um, I feel like I forget like and I'll be like damn it like when I'm having an imaginary conversation of like people fighting in my head I'm like 
I really want somebody to say something and like sometimes I'll write it down. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it'll usually a day or two, like in total. No, I feel like I, I zoned out a little bit part of your process at the beginning. So I was still trying to get my bearings on the questions I was going to ask you, but you'd said you do it all in TikTok. You have two tripods set up. You record the whole first thing with Margot, knowing in your head what he's going to say. You say it in the video so that you can just cut those spots out and then you re-record pod and then put them slide them into the place of like where you were before so it might look something like hey todd why'd you put that dish there put your hat on in in the same frame not really make any adjustments do the todd part come right back to margo so that you can see the hat in the in the editor so it's really easy to identify the chops pop parts and then you do you know off the top of your head what to re-record you do you like write them down afterwards like i feel like if i were following a conversation i might forget i mean you go back and forth what 15 so i times? usually like, like how, do you for, sorry, how do you remember that there's one? a delay taking place uh, usually so i'll have no like i'll have like my tripod and i'll be like so i'll be margo and i'll go hey todd you left this fucking cut by the sink again what is your fucking problem and then i'll stop the i'll stop the record and then I'll just stay like, I'll just say Todd's part again. Like I'll hit record and I'll be like, my God, Margo, it's just a fucking cup. Calm down. And I'll hit it and I'll stop it. And then I'll just, and so when I know, like, I know like, cause it's pretty much just a straight back and forth. So then I can go back in like in the little TikTok editor and click on Todd's part. And then there's the option to re-record it. So then I can already be for like all of Todd's parts. I can put my hat on and like a shirt or whatever and kind of change my angle up a little bit and then just go in and say those parts again, like in a Todd, like in Todd's persona, I guess, if that makes sense. It's, it's shit like this <laughs> you don't hear in those little $20 master classes about how to make viral content. Like these are the things yeah. that, that need to be shared among creators is like, how do you make masterpieces like that? What are the, that's like a great hack that I've never Yeah, I actually, there's a, there's a the creator I follow on of like TikTok. The I think her name button. is like, her handle is like Jarabine. Like, um, but she's, she's been a creator for forever. So she's got tons of um, little tidbits like that. And I saw that and I was like, oh, cause I would just go and I would like flip back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, I can't, one, I'm like sweating, but two, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, it's too much work. There's gotta be a better way. So that was just that little like start over kind of thing. And now it's easier because yeah. I can do like, sometimes like with the stop and go and stop and go, it's a little bit longer than three minutes. So now that I can do like 10 minutes um, and I can cut it down even more like that's, that's so much easier. I'm trying to squeeze it all into three minutes. One of the things, one of the things I started doing with, uh, I don't know if I said this to post into Instagram without the, um, the watermark is I've been making it in CapCut. It's, it's almost the same exact workflow for most of your TikToks. The only challenge is if you're doing comment responses. So comment responses, if you make it a favorite, you can post it as a sticker. 
um, but like Margo and, and Todd, like you could, Ugh. I think you could do that exact that is, workflow that's my other biggest thing. Like without the watermark. Having to either like download them and like um, use InShot to put like a blur over the TikTok like logos. And I'm like, this is such a pain in my ass. Like, and I used to just do like snap tick or whatever, but now that doesn't work. And I'm like, what is, what is the workaround? What are people doing? What are people doing with yeah, that, that's what it is. So I would highly recommend anything. Anytime you're feeling inspired about a message that's not a comment response, I would do it in CapCut. It downloads it to your phone when you save. You can do captions on there. The only annoying part is I think I think the captions are a little, like, like one quirk to it is when you add like an apostrophe for an, a shortening, like adds this weird space to it. So I don't include those for captions, but um, yeah, I put everything in CapCut so that I can put it into TikTok directly if I want. Like there's a button at the, cause it's owned by a TikTok company, I think. So if you just click the TikTok button, it puts it straight into like upload mode. Um, right. that's and what then I mean. it's downloaded. That's, so and that's probably like why I don't, really pretty easily. like I, I just don't, and I haven't, but I also, okay, let me start over. Blah. I don't see the growth on Instagram that I do on TikTok. Um, it and it hasn't given me that for quite a while. So like I go yeah. through bouts of being like consistent on Instagram. Um, I don't. I've just grown. Like my initial following was so different than like what I do now. So it it it's like it's been hard for the algorithm to like figure out like oh okay we're we're changing here the direction that we're going. Um, and where I was like very heavily focused on like being a mom and my boys. And, um, now I will literally never post them online again for the entirety of my life like, because it's terrifying the things that I know now, but, um, also like, yeah, I just changed. Like, like, that's just not, that's not my niche anymore. That's not what I'm passionate about anymore. Um, and it's been like, trying to push that over on here has been it has been a, a yeah i think the, the other thing i've been noticing is so i i got super I, I don't know why or how but i got the blue check mark the other day on instagram and i've been like i've been so excited i was like i feel like i, I can't brag about this to anybody because i look like an asshole but i'm so internally excited yeah. I feel like I've been trying to do this for like nine years or something. Uh, and I now, now I think Instagram is my main spot for creation because I have that, like that, um, I don't know, like authenticity, like the validation, but I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I'm yeah. trying to That's, help other creators. I mean, I like, figure, I, figure I'm always learning, too. like trying to figure out like what, what is working. And like, I like, like seeing like kind of the friends only stuff on TikTok because I'm like, oh, I'm like, somebody's having the same problem as me. <laughs> like, hey, friends only. And like, does anybody else? And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> having that problem too. <laughs> now, I have, I'm curious if you do something similar to this. I know you said you have no process, but I, how much time do you spend scrolling on the app as a consumer? Entirely looking for like inspiration um also like i just <laughs> i i think i think TikTok is such an amazing app like 
the talent on there, like for free, like it's it's insane. Like it's wonderful. Um, and I just I don't like sometimes I get really in like a mode of like I'm searching for inspiration or I'm searching for something that I can utilize for my own content creation. But I think I think probably more often than not, I'm scrolling as just like a general consumer because I just love it. <laughs> So I have an idea for you. So given that, I don't know if you're being hard on yourself or like you're actually trying to decrease your scroll time. I've, well, it's probably a little bit on the unhealthy side, but I know it's generally calling me out. So that's not, so I've made like a purposeful echo chamber for myself. So, I, I mean, I know every once in a while you'll see a video from like one of my friends saying like, help me, like I ended up on the wrong side of TikTok. I don't know what happened, but uh, what I, do is I do not go into the 40 page I immediately go over to my following page and I I like especially if I'm like okay I got 30 minutes right now like let's let's come up with something um, I'll go in there look to see what people are talking about you'll probably pop up on there once or twice at least um, and I'll be looking for something to stitch duet um, or like I might look for like a if there's a very like angry video everyone's reacting to, I feel like I'll end up seeing it once or twice within that. Like the jalapeno poppers guy, I remember knowing I needed to respond to that because I think within one of those 20 minute scroll sessions, I saw him multiple times. Um, but I think, because I, I used to be like a scrollaholic, but I think I've solved it by going into my following and I can That's really easily be idea. in that mindset I'm, of like a creator mode rather than like... a consumer mode. What I'm like, I guess I, like I need to have like a goal, like when I get on sometimes, like, am I here for like my own pleasure or like, cause I'm looking to disassociate right now or like looking to get creative with it. And that's a, that's a fantastic, um, little nugget of information definitely use. <laughs> yeah. You know, you said earlier that like when you're forcing yourself to make stuff, it's not, it's not always valuable. Now you've had more success than I have. So I'm going to push back on it, but take it with a grain of salt because I've had a third of your results. Um, when I, so I've made, I think two or three um, duets or remixes that have actually done better than the original video. Um, so one of them with Renee on the mom room um, is at like 4 million one with World Shaker, his on TikTok and Instagram, I think they're around 5 million, mine's at 8 million. And all I did was I said, I learned so much from this guy. And I just, I just do it. I'm just like nodding, saying yes the whole time. And I think what I realized is that um, we create like a, a social acceptance or like um, validation of someone else's point. And like, sometimes we can feel like in the first hook of the video, like, oh, they're going to say something dope here. Like I should keep listening. But when you have someone that you trust, like if I see you pointing to be like, listen up guys. And like, you see another guy talking, you're like, I should probably listen to this. Um, so I feel like for a long time I was shitting on myself. I was like, you're just waste. You're just like posting to post. It's like a waste of your time. But like, I, I've come to believe that duetting 
has a little bit more value, even if you're just not even pointing. Um, because we give, when we give our stamp of approval to something, I think people can hear it better because they're used to hearing how we think about things. And if we trust it, then they should trust it versus us just saying it and having like a, a new person. Like if I were to retry try to create the no. same thing, let's say I did a better job. I don't think the video would do as well. I mean, it was a money video. It was so good. He was, he starts off with like, this is his best <laughs> line was like, this is asking for a steak experience with a snack effort. Um, but like, like he did a great job with the video, but I, I've come to believe that our I, like, I will say, like, if there's one thing I've learned, like, strategically, um, whether that's, like, for my own benefit or, like, working, like, with my clients, um, working for growth on TikTok, one of the, and I will say it, like, um, I don't want to say it's, like, the easy win, but it's been a pretty tried and true thing is that if you stitch or duet a video that's already performing well, it will perform well for you also. I get, like, I, I had the same thing. I think I had, um, I stitched a video. Um, I don't even know like what, I, didn't, I don't even think I checked the views of the video was at, but my video had seven million views within like two days. I think ultimately it ended up at like 16 million views, uh, which was. Was that the one where, yeah. where she was asking yeah. about moms, what are you doing if you have like good sex? Oh my God. But that's the, like, that's the <laughs> You're so like, nonchalant, like, and that I was, was so really good. Sitting there eating breakfast, scrolling, and I was <laughs> like, no thought, no effort, literally yeah. five minutes, maybe, and 16 million views. I can't even, I don't even know, probably over 100,000 follows from that video alone, which was stupid. But I was like, this is, this is what I mean. Wow. Like, low effort <laughs> gives you except for, I will say, for, Todd and Margot. Yeah. Todd and Margot is a high effort, but I get a high return on investment for it. But aside from that, the most part, it's not, it's not, those aren't the ones that, that perform the best. It's interesting too, because I think sometimes I've also come to believe that the other value of, of duetting like already a viral video is that it gets people just to your page and you're gonna have a uh, maybe 10 five percent of them just look to see what else you do and just getting them to have the option to look at more of you like getting them to the door is is a big win a lot of times because on an everyday basis you don't always have them coming to your door so giving your stamp approval getting them getting them to you and then they can make the choices like that's it's an extra like little bump that um I, again i used to judge myself a lot for but it now i'm just like, appreciate strategically it's know, like it's generally good generally news. keep my because um i've had very little good come from it <laughs> um but if i do have like a creator specifically will dm me and be like hey will you I either like screen record this and tag you or like, or will you be willing to turn you do it? Your, uh, oh, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll turn them on. I just don't generally because I have not had good experiences in that. Oh, I, I have had, so I think it was like, say more about that. Even a year ago, a couple, 
last fall, I had um, a woman on TikTok who was just like one blatantly stealing my content, um, who just hated me, like who was not like wasn't stealing it for like good. She um, or she would um, do other stitches and like that's like that like talk about when you get on the wrong side of TikTok like that was what was happening and I would get a lot of hate like coming back my way and I would get I would get a lot of, um, of my videos recorded like I was on the verge of getting my account banned and um, it was like I couldn't do I couldn't post anything like videos from like a, two years ago were getting taken down um, for bullying and harassment or like I don't even know um, but I was like, I, this is wild. Like I, and I couldn't block her because she would block me and then unblock me and come and steal my content and then block me again. Um, so it was just really, <laughs> really annoying point of time. Wow. Um, and I was like, so I'm like, nope, I will not turn those on anymore <laughs> unless I'm. I'm I'm so glad I have context for this now because I've been super disappointed yeah, that I couldn't to, do like, it. Your for those that Margos, I like, but I now I, now I totally get it. Because it's not specifically like a me thing, but um, yeah, no, uh, Jules or um, Nat at Mending Me will sometimes turn them on for them, um, and I will I will happily oblige. Um, so never, but yeah, that's that's usually my reasoning for not having them on. That makes sense. That's crazy. So when you said they were stealing them, I forget. You said you were they were stitching you and then just yeah. like, or they would like, just like take them because like, you can like download anybody's you? TikTok. So they would just upload them and then straight re-upload them to their page, um, right. and it would just and it was going away of like making fun of me or like bullying me, and then their followers who were mostly men. Um, would come and just hate all my videos or report my videos and like mass and um, yeah, it was a it was an ordeal. That's Good. wild. I have not had that experience yet. I anticipate it'll happen at some point, and I'll have well, knock on wood, but like I hope hope it doesn't happen, but. That's crazy. I think the closest I've had to that experience is back in my my hardcore YouTube days. I talked about having a pride flag in my classroom, and I think it got like uploaded to like 4chan or something, some like outside website that's very um, very right wing, and people said some like disgusting, really terrible things on there. I probably didn't know any better. I still probably haven't seen like super negative consequences, so I let it go. But um, like, I would just kind of let them like <laughs> say terrible things because it went from five thousand to a hundred thousand, and all of a sudden I had at least a couple thousand followers on on YouTube that I didn't have before. Um, and like, I know because that video did well enough there are about 20 classrooms in our country that have pride flags up because of it. So I, I know that good has come from letting the haters hate and just egging them on in the comments so that there's a ton of engagement and the video does well, but um, yeah, yeah, I've not like, experienced like, anything. Uh, no press is about. bad press and like bad press is bad 
bad, bad math. <laughs> like, it can come from like, you know, the negativity. Like, I love when people are like, why are people coming up on my for you page? I fucking hate you. And I'm like, you're engaging with my content, dumbass. Like, what? <laughs> stop engaging with it. Like, just fuck me. Like, I have yeah, guys right. that specifically don't follow me, but are the first to comment on like every single one of my videos. And I'm like, I'm like, well, one, thanks for your support, um, but it helps my video. Um, so, but yeah, other than that, like, yeah, sometimes there's good that comes from it, and sometimes, like, mentally, there's not good that comes from it. Like, like, when this was all happening, like, there was somebody who was, like, commenting that they worked with my husband, and um, my husband complained about me all the time, said I, you know, I was fucking mental, or all sorts of shit and like obviously i know that's not true but that's still really shitty thing to hear <laughs> like 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 that i don't yeah people are very um, oh the negative side of social media behind the keyboard So here's here's my last thing. I, I should probably get back to my job for a little bit today. Um, I would love to do a, a, a an Abby and Zach, maybe not a Todd Margot conversation. Workflow wise, two creators talk thinking together right now. What do you think would be the best workflow to try to create a collaboration like that? I'm thinking if we wanted to be like mutual effort, we could probably make two videos. We champion one each, one, one of our, our own, and then we can probably create a script, shoot half of it, send it over, and, and then the other person can just send their clips of it. I'm thinking would probably be the simplest way, because I don't think there's any way to dodge dot. I don't think there's any think easy workflow for that. Like if I'm we trying to think. Like obviously we both had our own parts and filmed like I my part, you would film your part. One of us could just go ahead and take them and chop them up and go. I would like Yeah. That could work. Yeah, so it's one video where you're scripting it verbally rather than like writing it down. And then just replacing those parts we should do it. with our own. Yeah, that's good. I will have one of those to you. How do you, I could probably send it yeah. in a file via Google Drive. How, you're, you're more of an expert on this than I'd be. Like, how do people I don't know. collaborate? Um, I've only is there, like is there a, a typical couple, way people do I would it? Say probably like somewhat well done ones um where they've like they're obviously not in the same room filming together um google drive or like i you could like we transfer i use we transfer a lot to send big files um but yeah either i think either one would be fine All right, I'll come up with something else. And I think the, the aim will be to be modeling. We could do an entertaining one similar to your Margot and Todd, but I, I think the goal, I, yes. I try to model like 
good conversations I wish people are having more of um, and like showing what it can look like when you have like good self-awareness when you're stopping yourself from going overboard and like totally ruining the situation and yeah like, I would love having it be that because everybody's always like from. like I get a lot so of people tell me like this was great like it gave me really good talking points um to bring a partner um but a lot of times they're like well what do we do when this happens like what does like um so I think that that's a really um a really to give people that I think is probably missing Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Have you ever seen um, Jimmy Jimmy Knowles? His, I I think his are probably he's like the male equivalent of your Todd Margos. I I don't know what he named. These are Jimmy's, and I don't know the I don't know if he's just his wife because I know I know he's similar to me in that like he's battled through a tough part of his life where he was a bit more of a man child and. I think he he's talked pretty openly about um being having an infidelity and like working through that um so i'm hoping yeah. i can have him i get tagged in his videos you it would be Jimmy fun to do one with him too and i'm like hey jimmy like hit me up but i would i would love that i would love to see you on your <laughs> podcast too i think he would be really insightful yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he starstruck me the other day. He messaged me in, in Instagram DM saying like, "Hey, my my wife, his wife showed him one of my videos." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, we talk about your videos all the time." I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, I love it. I'm helping you. What? That's crazy. I was I've had a couple starstruck moments. Like, uh, I think I, I had a DM with Eve Rodsky on LinkedIn the other day. Um, it was so cool talking with her, but I was like, I just, I was like, there's no way she's going to respond to this, but I'll just like, thank her for her contribution. And she's like, you're changing so many lives out there. Like you're, you're telling me that what, um, yeah, I'm learning to like, just shoot my shot in the DMS to like meet people or like say hi or like, thank them. L Libby, Libby Ward tagged me in something the other day too, saying like, if you want to learn about fair play and mental load, talk. Like, I think yeah. it was Laura Danger I and I, like, Zach Watson. Funny, I was like, like somebody, this is wild. Somebody the other day, and, like, I always try to respond. Like, I, I don't, I won't say, like, I don't get, like, a slew of DMs every day. But, like, every once in a while, I'll get, like, a bunch. Like, usually, like, when I have a Todd and Margo video go viral. Um, but I always try to respond. But then somebody was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you actually responded to me. And I'm like, oh. Or like if you DM me on Instagram and it's like a long question, like I'm going to send you voice notes because that's just so much easier for me to do. My God, I can't believe like you took time out of your day to talk to me. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know what else to expect from somebody. So I don't know. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Do you actually get like legit tiktok dms because in my tiktok I dms do. it's like, like for, a whole bunch of shared I get a lot of, videos like, for some now. reason like a lot of my tiktok dms are like the wave like people just waving but a lot of times i will get um full-on like conversations from from women about things or asking me questions about things um but i do get a couple of like shared videos and i'm like what is this 
Yeah, I've just realized if it's a shared video, yeah. I think it's people just trying to pump up the amount of shares on their video or something. Probably bots, but yeah. Well, hey, Abby, thank you so much for meeting with me today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It's great to finally meet you and like have a conversation back and forth. Um, where where can people find you? I know it's it's Abby. Like all my, it's me, Abby. Also, on it's me, Abby here, um, uh, on, here on Instagram, and it's me, Abby E, on TikTok as well. So. And if, if someone wanted to have a business inquiry about working That's with you for like content creation, um, how they reach most out regularly. to you? regularly, so um, yeah, that would work. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm hoping I can get this thing uploaded onto the the Anchor FM app uh, within the week. And um, thank you again. This is awesome.